This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome in to another edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined now by guest off-season co-host Ryan Bernardoni. And Ryan, the uh, the week of madness is here, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But um, before I forget, please subscribe to the Winning Plays Podcast. Give it a rate us, review us on iTunes or wherever you listen, Spotify, etc. Um, and we very much appreciate it. And we will be giving you guys plenty of in-depth coverage over the next couple of weeks. So definitely good time to jump aboard and uh, spread the word. So, uh, Ryan, we're going to start. The week of madness is, is finally here. Uh, the NBA officially announced that trades will be allowed starting at Monday at noon Eastern, and that is what has it been now? It's been no trades have been allowed for what nine months essentially. Yeah, basically. I think that's so. Right. When was the trade deadline? Uh, yeah, a like, lifetime ago. February, it like right? It. The world was normal. Like and no one was. The pandemic was not. At least it wasn't stateside, or it probably was stateside. We just didn't know yeah. how bad it was. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so things are going to get busy in a hurry this week. Um, one trade in the books today, not really relevant from the from the Celtics perspective. Dennis Schroeder heading to the Lakers for Danny Green and a late first round pick. But we can talk about that in terms of trade value later um, since the Celtics do have a couple of the picks that um, line up with what the Lakers gave up. But I think what everyone wants to – what the buzz will be, uh, at least Monday morning, Ryan, is James Harden and some rumblings of his potential interest in leaving Houston. Um, you know, you've, you've written about this. You've talked about, you know, Harden has seemed to be like the next guy on the list in terms of a star who might be on the move. But just your initial thoughts on the odds he's going to go anywhere this offseason and the rumors that Brooklyn might be at least his top destination if he does. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked that that uh, Harden is sort of out there. It's been, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was my pick sort of at the beginning of this beginning of the year before the last trade deadline. I didn't think he was going to trade at the last trade deadline, obviously. But in terms of the conversation of like, okay, who's the next real superstar to go? And you know, he was sort of uh, the natural one, I thought, just because of how precarious Houston's situation was, and that turned out to to be how things uh, played out from from that point with their their weird team. Um, one thing I sort of have been thinking about is like how much better of a position would they be if if Westbrook had just been like I got COVID and I'm opting out of the bubble. If he just <laughs> right. never played, then yeah. it would have been like oh my god, James Harden. Like when they unlocked him as a center, it was this incredible thing, and he's scoring 30 points a game again, and like all the spacing, and they could be the team that scares the Lakers the most, and like oh, it's this big missed opportunity, but they got to run it back. Like nobody would be talking about this if he had opted out of the bubble and just been like I I have COVID and I haven't been able to work out for six weeks and I'm afraid I'm going to get injured and I'm like, and just didn't show they would be in so much better position right now. It's crazy how this is like turned. Um, or how about if Chris Paul was just there instead of Russell Westbrook in the first Well, time? of course, but I mean, even, <laughs> even having made that move, right? Yeah. Paul's healthy the entire year, basically. Although somehow he still apparently has no trade value, even though he made all NBA and he's only got two years left on his deal. Like I don't get how, how Chris Paul is viewed as like, this giant negative asset now. Like there should, there are definitely teams around the league that should want him. Oh yeah. Um, I think part of that is like this idea that if you're not trying to win the title, then 
like you know there's all these people now who I don't know where it even comes from where it's just like if every team isn't positioning themselves to maximize their title odds over the next 10 years and it's like yeah there's some teams that are just not going to win the title like right go get Chris Paul and play and like have a good team like it's okay does anybody from Oklahoma City like regret what they had last season because it's I mean they don't have to worry they have so many draft picks and they own the entire draft who cares but um, they rehab trade values of guys like Schroeder too, like and got yeah, more well, stuff from having. They Paul got Danny Green, who's a better player than Schroeder, so right. <laughs> and a draft pick. It doesn't make he's older, but like Danny Green's been a good player for like a decade, and I don't know, whatever. Uh, I, I, as probably some other Celtics that I looked, at, I was like, how much does Danny Green make? Could we get him? Like, is there a way that we can get him on this? No, he makes him. He makes fourteen million. It's like doesn't work out that way. But um, yeah, I mean, on the Harden stuff, like obviously Westbrook he can want out he can want to go and do whatever uh he really is he the extra year on his deal and like the size of that deal makes him a, a much worse asset than chris paul i think oh yeah and just because of how he looked at the end of the year and so he can ask out but like who's going to take him and if they're going to be going into some sort of position of like rebuilding then like what are you going to pay to give away a player who you can just hold on to while you're rebuilding it doesn't make any sense and if they're trying to win they're not going to get anything back for him either so like Westbrook seems hard to me uh, to move, but Harden, obviously, like if he really does push to get out and Houston, uh, you know, uh, decides to, to go for that, like he should bring a really pretty enormous value back. You would think uh, even with how much he's making and, and now he's somewhat of an older player. Um, and so it seems like obvious that what's coming out right now is power play from a player and from a team like the talk that he wants to go to Brooklyn and now that all these reports from people are like well Brooklyn can make a really good offer and you look at it and you're like no Brooklyn's offer no, they can. sucks compared to what let's just start there like let's start off the Brooklyn part of this like they there are I'd say at least five teams around the league including the Celtics that could put a better offer on the table for James Harden oh it, five I, teams that should be interested in doing it and can put a better offer right because exactly. there's 15 teams that can just straight up put a better offer on the yes. table, right? And and what is Harden's leverage exactly? Like, he signed this Supermax extension. He's the one who forced Chris Paul out. And what's he going to threat? Like, oh, if you trade for me, I'm going to opt out two years from now, from that 40 or three <laughs> yeah. seasons from now, from that 47 million. You're like, all right, but we get two full seasons where you're going to play. And, like, cool. People trade for players that they're going to have for two seasons all the time, especially if it's a 32-year-old. 31, 32, or whatever he is, like MV, you know, perennial yeah, MVP, MVP candidate. Right. There's a ton of teams that would trade for him in a heartbeat. And it's just like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. And how did Karis LeVert suddenly become this, like, amazing? He's 26 years, 25 years old and is, is never going to be an all-star. And yet he's supposed to be, like, the grand centerpiece of getting James so like Harden. A top five MVP like, yeah, no, it's exactly. insane. It's like, oh, and oh, they can give all their draft picks. Okay, well, they're gonna have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and, and James Harden. Like drafting thirty for the picks? next decade. Yeah, what are these draft picks worth exactly? I know that's what people thought when the Celtics traded with him, but like they were trading a very different, different stage of his career, Kevin Garnett, and things like that. Yes. And those draft picks obviously are not different, but like, okay, so they can give a bunch of draft picks and like Jared Allen. Okay, everybody wants a center who's like decent with one year left before he's he on ex- be signed. Yeah. him and Dinwiddie are on expiring yeah. deals like this is an absolutely just terrible what Bill Simmons right it's called the poo-poo platter offer this isn't even that like this is like a this is like day old poo-poo platter from the from the refrigerator this is not a good trade package and yet somehow it's being talked up in the Twitter sphere it's like oh this is really solid offer and you're like what <laughs> there's you're telling me Daryl Morey 
in Philadelphia now isn't just going to be like, hey, uh, Ben Simmons is more valuable than the entire, like everybody, every single thing that the Nets could trade you other than Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant is less valuable than just Ben Simmons. I think, and like that causes problems with with Westbrook and all this stuff in terms of fit. It's not great, but like there's just so many teams out there that could be like, oh, yeah, no, uh, we can beat Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. Yeah. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so from that standpoint, let's talk about the Celtics a little bit here, because if and to be honest, this I mean the the rumblings have started with Harden and obviously picked up momentum with the Westbrook trade request from last week, but. I think, you know, the, the odds are strongly in favor of him staying put. Um, I agree. For the, at least the start of this year. Um, he's really good. He makes a lot of money. He's attached to that team. It's There's no time to work this stuff out. Everybody's going to be starting the season in like a week. It's New GM on the job in Houston. Like, so literally yeah. you're going to trade away your franchise. Like, day yeah, one. I mean, it, I would say that it's likely that he is still going to be there. But, right, we can talk about it anyway. Right. <laughs> but the, but it, if Westbrook is moved, then he is, I mean – if they are going to move him and, you know, the return for Westbrook is bad and Tillman Fertitta is just worried about saving cash and when he sees that there's no championship in play, then, yeah, like, this is – if he's out there and, and pushes his way out, this is the time for Houston to maximize return when he has the two full years left. And you can ask for probably a bigger trade package than we've seen, I, I mean, realistically, for any player in the last five or ten years probably. Anthony um, Davis brought a pretty freaking big trade package, but it was true. mostly draft picks. Right. right. I mean, mostly like picks. all of the picks. <laughs> but where, I guess we'll start here. The trade package to offer Houston here, if the Celtics are interested in bringing Harden in and he's amenable, obviously, to coming here, I think it clearly starts with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, you know, people throwing out Hayward and Campbell, like, no, those, those are names that Houston would not be interested in, in this type of a scenario. So you have to start with your potential all-star, your really good, you know, role player slash do everything defensive guy, and then picks. How many picks and what, like you, you obviously have, you know, your best picks are probably available this year. Um, to be honest, but I guess the first question is how far down into the pick, you know, hat or like, you know, your collection, yeah. do you go here if you're making a serious offer, do you feel like? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start off. I agree that it's probably Jalen and, and Marcus is like the simplest construction. Although obviously you can get into, you can open this up to the fantasy land of, well, if Gordon Hayward was going to Indiana, then you'd get Miles Turner, and can you get Miles Turner and Jalen Brown and this and that? And, you know, you can come up That's with true. all these you could, you could find a way to keep spin it out into other ones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, financially you could. Now, whether or not that would actually work and what you'd right. have to take to make all these other moves, it's complicated, whatever. But we're talking about fantasy land stuff anyway. So I think it's at least feasible. Kemba, not a great fit on a Harden team, especially if it's a Harden and Tatum team, but, like, that seems much more uh, difficult to, to put together and, like, how that would work. But Maybe not. I mean, maybe not difficult to work out. It's politically a little more fraught and whatever. Um, but again, you can go down that route. Uh, for me, like Jalen and either a player that you get for Hayward or Smart, and it comes back a little bit to like, what can you package and move up in this draft? But again, like the value of the Celtics three picks this year is realistically something like the sixth pick. Yeah. And so whether or not they can move up and get the sixth pick seems unlikely, but 
you know, that's still the value that you would be sending uh, in terms of an, a rebuilding team that hasn't had any draft picks, that has no draft picks on, none of their own draft picks on the entire roster. Like having three shots at getting actual draft picks and young players isn't the worst thing in the world. In terms of teams that if they had the eighth pick in the draft might want to actually trade back into what the Celtics have, a team like Houston trading away at James Harden might be like, oh yeah, you know, we need an influx of talent here and we'd like to have some bites of the apple. So they may actually want, you know, just right. want they the volume of those. But, you know, think about it as like, oh, so they trade up and get the seventh pick or the eighth pick or the ninth pick or whatever. So a top 10 pick, that type of value in, in draft equity this year, Jalen Brown against Smart or somebody that you can get for Hayward. Um, I think at that point, you probably just have to say like, we're going to include an unprotected pick two years from now right. because you would expect the team would be quite good, uh, but you just have to roll the dice on that. And then, so you're talking about like an unprotected pick two years from now and a protected pick four years from now. So basically your draft this year, unprotected in two years, protected in 2024. And that's a huge offer. <laughs> like that's so much more than what you're talking about from Brooklyn. Right. I mean, um, that's the best of both worlds offer. Yeah. Like it's a monster offer to be honest. Uh, what what team's going to offer you a potential all-star and, you know, draft equity that could get you a top 10 pick? Like Yeah, a 23-year-old wing, potential future all-star, talked about as maybe an all-star this year. Like, just, like, Karis LeVert is a fine, nice player. He's 25 years old, and he's not as good of a player, and he doesn't play as important a position. Like, Jalen is, there are obviously better assets out there. If the Celtics really needed to get... James Harden for whatever reason, and it was life or death, they could trade Jason Tatum. That's a better offer, right? Like the, the <laughs> Mavs could offer Luka Doncic. Like these right. things are not going to happen. Amongst the players in the league who are like signed and viably included in something like this, like it's Jalen and Ben Simmons and maybe Jamal Murray. And like, you can name a couple other players who are sort of in that group right. of, of that sort of second level of a really high level young, young player. Uh, but yeah, like in that case, and you'd, you'd have to ask what, Houston is trying to achieve at that point. Like if you have those players, are you too good to tank, but you're in the West, so you're not going to make the playoffs anyway. So maybe you are. And with the new lottery odds as they are, like you don't have to tank all the way down. Like it really is a position where you would suddenly go from a team that is bereft of assets. And I guess they don't care about tanking because they don't even own any of their own draft picks anyway. They traded them all away for Westbrook. Sure. Um, so they can actually be okay and like live off somebody else's picks a little bit. But that really is an offer that's like, oh, okay. Top 10 equity this year, young potential all-star some other young player smart or again somebody you get from somewhere else picks out into the future to start to restock it you probably at that point i guess maybe they wouldn't have to move westbrook then like you can imagine a team of right they could westbrook be like westbrook dudes smart or or again a miles turnery type player or with pj tucker and like you can still be competitive and start to rebuild up that some of that draft stock like that's just such a patently obviously better offer than what's being thrown around um as like, oh, the Brooklyn's really, you know, really at play here. Uh, and maybe Harden is just going to tell the world, like, if I, I mean, it's either Houston or Brooklyn, or I'm going to be an absolute malcontent. And you're like, all right, well, you're going to have $80 million, $85 million <laughs> like in the next two years. How much of a malcontent are you really going to be? Are you going to, like, right. not show up and play? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No, it's, um, it's tough to play that hand, again, like you said, when you have two full years making max money, like, no... And, and especially year, forty-seven million, like that third right. year, it's not a guarantee that he's going to opt out. I mean, he'll be thirty-four no. years old, and like that's a boatload of money at coming out of a coming out of time when the league might not be flush with cash still because of some of the other news about projections for the future and and all that. Like, it's just he well, has do, no leverage here. Other, and than you look at the Kawhi situation too from two years ago. It's like he didn't want to yeah. go to Toronto, but he did. 
he did his job and he left. So like, I think any kind of team with any kind of contending aspirations here wouldn't have to think twice about like, Oh, is he, yeah. Would he love to play if Durant and Kyrie? Sure. I would love to like have the next, you know, two months off of work, but that's not what I mean. It's going to happen. Let's like, we're talking, you know, pipe dreams here in terms of, you know, you don't, if you had one year left, maybe you can be a little more picky about your destination because you have the leverage there, but something like this, I don't think you have enough pull to, to, to make it any kind of say in terms of where you're going to go. If you are going to ask out. Yeah, no, I agree. If they seriously field offers, there are going to be a lot of teams out there who are completely comfortable going in on, on that and saying, yeah, I mean, come and play. Cause what else are you going to do? Before we get back to the show, our friends at Manscaped are here to remind you to take care of your biggest grooming and hygiene needs from head to toe. The all-in-one Manscaped performance package kit delivers the best tools to shave your body, including your family jewels. You heard that right, even your balls. I know I have enough trouble just, you know, shaving my face without nicking it up, much less other areas of my body. So for your most aggressive hair below the waist, you can use the new Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's just a must. It's waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce those nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help you with your close shave down there. And Manscaped even went a step further and released their Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. After you shave things downstairs, don't forget to take care of the nose and the ear hair. The Weed Whacker also has propriety skin safe technology to help prevent those nicks and tugs up there as well. There's also the performance package also includes a crop preserver, which is a deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. And you go, it has the best ingredients of all, vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, everything you'd want to know it's safe and comfortable. And last but not least, those smelly feet, an issue, Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. On top of everything, they've even thrown in a shed travel bag so you can carry all these goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. You can get 20% off all of this great stuff and free shipping if you use the code winning at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code winning. Take the leap and join the Manscaped movement today. And now back to the show. Well, I guess so. That's the... That's the top tier Celtics offer. You know, you, you can we can quibble about how many draft picks you you want to throw in there to really, you know. Yeah, no, that's the book, but, right? But that, that's that's pretty like it's going to be tough. Like we said, it's going to be tough for any like team around the league to come close to that. I mean, you have like you said, Denver. If they want to put like Murray or something like that on the table, that's probably um, next in line. They obviously have some other younger, affordable pieces on that roster as well. Um, you know, Porter Jr. Um, but as far as, you know, like Milwaukee can't get in the conversation, like, I don't think the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers obviously won't be in the conversation. The Clippers, no. Um, and even places. No, like 76ers, Utah. right? Sixers, like said, Sixers, yeah. So I think it's probably like Sixers um, and Denver would, I would think would be the top two, you know, teams in the mix there. Um, I think those are the, probably the ones, I mean, does Miami try to get involved? Uh, it's not a great fit, but they're obviously star hunters. Do they just sort of short circuit the idea of chasing Giannis? Um, there's always some team that sort of comes out of nowhere and is offering, offering something. Does, I don't know, right. You, you can imagine a whole lot of stuff if he's available. 
Uh, and you start to see those rumors of, oh, Atlanta is going to offer Trey Young right out. That's just a, a shocker. Who knows? Who could have seen this one coming? And it's like, yeah, I don't expect that to happen. But some team out, some teams out there will, will drop in. Um, but I think anybody can sort of look at, right, look at the standings from last year and go, okay, well, who's near the top and who would be interested in this? Yeah, Denver, they have the pieces that you could get involved in. The funny one that I'm not the only person, you know, I'm not the first person to, to point this out is that Oklahoma City could make a monster offer of all the picks <laughs> they have, right? And it's like, that's uh, there's a whole the whole history there but like they own everybody's picks right from the Westbrook trade they could give all the picks back to Houston they have all the picks from the Paul George trade they have Shea they have like a ton of stuff that they could offer back and nobody expects it to happen but like there are teams out there that could just go, go that'd be crazy that'd be too funny if that that'd be hilarious like, I mean I hope that really I mean you can go through the thing right like would you know Memphis could offer they have young players that they could offer Phoenix could offer Aiton, right? Like there, there are a lot yeah, of Phoenix that, actually could put together a pretty good it. offer, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's any team that you can look at that's decently good. They're going to have some amount of young players who you could be like, well, would they put that on the table? And most of the answer, most of the time, the answer might be like, eh, no, I don't think so. They're not the type of team that would roll the dice here. They probably wouldn't be a title contender anyway. Do you really want them? Whatever. Um, but the the point is really just like it seems like at the moment what it is is that Harden and Kyrie and KD are probably all friends and are like is there a way that we can work this? Can we like create some sort of momentum for this and work it through the media? And I'm assuming Houston's going to look at it and be like, no, because the offer like isn't good enough. So okay. it's just not have, but who knows? It seems well, unlikely. Well, here's the second question here of like, okay, the Celtics could do this. Would or should they do this in terms of what you're looking at of Jason Tatum's short and long-term trajectory of the franchise would you again? You're, this would be a clearly an all-in move for the next two years, and I mean, hopefully longer than that. But you know, definitely two, given Harden's contract situation. Um, would he be the right fit to put this team over the top, or would it be a situation where you know they make a good run at it, fall short, and then Tatum might be miffed that you know you brought in another face of the franchise, and you know. I mean, obviously we're talking way down the line, but, you know, once he does hit unrestricted free agency, this might, you know, put a, just turn him, turn him the wrong way. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a very difficult question. Actually, I think this is a much more interesting question than most of the ones you get for star players, just because he is such at the level of player who it doesn't become available, right? This is like right. Garnett becoming available. Uh, and it's, it's tough <laughs> to come up with that. It's also hard to, separate this is just like from a fandom perspective because I don't particularly like watching James Harden play um and so it's hard for me to be like oh we're gonna give up Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and all these draft picks and it's like yeah I get it I do I completely understand that that he would is just a an outrageously talented player and ruthlessly efficient and um but I don't really relish the idea of watching him play 70 games this year and I mean he never gets hurt right 80 games in every other year um and so it's hard to just sort of separate all that as well and it it comes back to what you want as a fan in a franchise um I think that trading for him probably increases their title odds uh in the you know over the course of the next decade it's there's as I agree that there's a major downside of like if it doesn't work out then your team ages out and then Jason Tatum is like smack in the middle of his extension and you're trying to get into Supermax, and it's like, oh, well, what's on this team with this 35-year-old who's making all this money? And 
you know, a couple of 30 something year olds. Um, and suddenly he's looking at, a, looking back at a franchise. It's like, I've been on this team for four years and like every year it's a totally different team. What's going on here? Like, is there any stability? Uh, so it's a big risk and it might come down to like what exactly it takes to get him. Um, right. If I, that the offer that I said, if you're including smart and everybody else, like, I don't know, maybe that's a bridge too far. If you could work it some way where you're moving Hayward out anyway, um, and you're sort of flipping assets from that, right, that were never really do. felt like they were part of the team anyway, um, that maybe becomes more, more sort of tenable for everybody. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's hard for me to believe that Ainge wouldn't go for it, whether or not I would or go for it or not. Uh, it just seems like. This is an Ainge like move. That he would, right? I mean, he went for Kyrie and, and Harden. And, sorry if you can hear my cats in the background. Um, <laughs> Your cats hate happy. it. Uh, just came in from the pouring rain. So, yeah, not, not too happy. Um, yeah, I mean, Ainge went for Kyrie. He went for Ray Allen to try to get Kevin Garnett. He went for Kevin Garnett. It, it's hard to think that he wouldn't go for this, even at a, you know, at a really high price. Um, and I think you have to trust him, even though I, the Kyrie situation didn't work out as well as, as well as they had hoped, obviously. But I don't know. What do you think? Is this something that you would want to see from a fan perspective? Is it something you'd want to see from, you know, just a pure sort of spreadsheet 2K basketball perspective? Where, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you in terms of just like, from a watching the game on a nightly basis perspective, I think it would be uh, a step backwards um, from a, just an entertainment perspective of heart. I'm with you. I mean, he's, he's special, but um, you know, this, that kind of, um, I mean, I would think part of this would be like, is he willing to adapt at all how he plays? And, you know, this is, he'd obviously be the number one on this team, but he'd have a pretty formidable one B and one C when they're healthy. And, you know, I don't think Brad Stevens is going to be thrilled with, you know, him for when he's a great, he's a great passer, but he also, you know, dribbles the air out of the ball and does nothing off the ball for almost half the game. It seems like when he doesn't, he's not involved there. So things like that would not mesh well with the way Brad Stevens likes to play, whether, you know, who wins a battle like that. I mean, that's a whole different can of worms. And we saw uh, what happened last time. Um, there was some putting heads on that front between the head coach and a, and an all-star, uh, diva. So that there are just so many wild card variables in here from that standpoint, but I agree with you. I mean, in terms like on paper, like Harden, the best offense in the league, you're the best offense in the league and Harden, Tatum, Robert Williams, catching lobs from somebody who can throw lobs. Kemba, probably you assume it's still there. Um, and whoever the fifth guy is, I, I don't, you know, depends on how you work things out. Uh, that's, I, I can't imagine that that's not the best offense in the league. And like we're and talking about in a league where Dallas was the best offense of all time last year. And it's just like, oh, that's going to be a better offense than that. Right. It just will be. And you're going to have guys, I would think that want to come play and fill t- and hit shots around those guys. Like, you know. And suddenly uh, you would have roster spots open. Probably. Right. And you'd, you know, you'd have, you'd have <laughs> actually multiples for yeah, which this team hasn't had in years to be earned. You wouldn't like, have a lot of money available, but um, you no. Know, but that's not you know. Sometimes that's not yeah. the when you're ready to win and you have playing time available. That's can be just as attractive, especially now maybe in this you know future cap climate, which we'll get to in a bit, where there's going to be 
very little movement in the salary cap and very little money to be had for, you know, a few of these upcoming off seasons, um, at least for the lower tier guys. Um, it, is, it is like the putting the puzzle pieces together and the, the timeline here is so fascinating as well in terms of how, you know, quick a decision really has to be made here since, like I said, trades training start Monday. In, training camp starts in two weeks. Training starts in two and a half weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you got to get these teams together and on the floor and it's, I don't know. It's such a, it's so crazy. Maybe this stuff's all been in the works for a month and we're only hearing about it now. Who knows? But um, for this to like break today and be like trade season opens tomorrow and the draft is in three days and training camps are in two weeks and James Harden wants to be traded, but only to one specific team. Like it just seems like it's such a, that they're trying to play the media to get something that's, that's like the team is going to look back and be like, no, no, we're just not going to do that. And like, if they have to trade him a year from now or, you know, a season from now, they won't get as much as they will now, but they'll still get like a monster trade offer from him. Assuming he stays healthy and has another season where he's scoring 30 something a game. Yeah. Like they're going to, I just imagine they have to play this out, but if they don't, if they don't, I expect that you will see some sort of tweets about how the Celtics are actively engaged in this and like whatever it <laughs> comes to nothing probably, but they, it's, it's just what Danny Ainge would do, right? <laughs> it's like, this is what you're lined up for. This is what won it from over everybody's 10 years been, ago. Everybody's been looking for the next Harden trade for eight years, and then it turns right. out it's James Harden again. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. If it doesn't happen by Wednesday, it's probably not going to happen for the Celtics, I think, from the standpoint of once those draft picks are gone, unless they're turned into future picks, yeah. which well, could happen. Well, if they turned into – you never know. I mean, if they're turned into the eighth pick in the draft and they take somebody like, is Houston going to be like, no, we wanted to make that pick. All these guys are basically the same tier of player. It's They won't have taken it gets the trickier. yet. It gets trickier. Oh, sure. The sure. sticker value yeah. goes down once yeah. you... But again, with the odds of, of Houston pulling the trigger on this by Wednesday... You just call like, up Houston. Hey, who, who's your favorite player? Because we don't right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's five guys. Who do you like out of most out of yeah. this? I mean, I wonder, like... I is... made the point that... Right, I made the joke that like who, what you want to do is dr- pick, go up to eight, figure out whoever Washington wants to take, and take them so that a year from now you can trade them for Beal, like regardless of mm. who they like them or not. You've mm-hmm. seen all these trades. Oh, the the this team that missed out on Chris Dunn and has always loved him, and they're trying to get him back, and you're like, Chris Dunn sucked for the last year. Like, no, it doesn't matter. They loved him at the draft. They can rebuild him. Just you want to trade for whoever you want to trade with in the future, whoever they want, just draft them. It doesn't matter if they're any good because they'll still believe that that would have been good if they were on their team. So just. Go up to eight, take a Kongu, not because you want him, but because Washington wants him, and then trade him for Bradley Beal. <laughs> Genius brain right there. I, I hope we see some kind of – teams should get more creative with stuff like that, and maybe that's where we're heading. But that is – that's an extra wild card for draft <laughs> night. Trade, draft, whatever. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's – any closing thoughts on Harden? I mean, I think this is – we kind of laid yeah, it out. We went a long time. Uh, we went a long time. It's probably, again, probably not a conversation we're going to have again um, until midseason once, you know, nothing – Midweek. Mid yeah, or, or he gets moved to Brooklyn for their entire roster and everyone's like, what the hell? How did this just happen? Um, but we need to talk about it since the Celtics, like anything else, they're in this conversation if they're, it is being had but in the Rockets front office. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings, 
and you might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online, so head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now back to the show. But let's transition to wrap things up um, to the upcoming week. We know now, um, I guess the biggest thing that came out were Gordon Hayward and Ennis Kander's player options coming um, after the draft on Thursday uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, the day before free agency starts. So that advantage that was rumored, I mean, some guys are going to have to pick up their player options before um, the draft, but most are going to have the opportunity to do it after the draft, which is how it normally is. And yeah, this just makes a very complicated week for the Celtics even more, um, you know, not bewildering, just, just a lot of different options, a lot of different doors uh, on the table and without cooperation from Hayward and Cantor, things get tougher to pull off. Yeah, it's, it is what's fair. It's how it would work in any normal season. It's, you can't really complain about it. Uh, and there, it was sort of weird when they even, when it was even rumored that the options were going to be beforehand. And I think it's that a lot of stuff has been conflated. There are, like you said, some options for certain players that do come tomorrow or the, or the day after. Um, but I think like, even if they had made it, so I think they would have had to have, change the rules anyway to make it so basically like, if they opted in they couldn't be traded until officially next year anyway because you couldn't trade them under their current like there was all these things that were going to come into play in terms of like how this was going to be wacky and it just seems like yeah the obvious thing to do here was to do it after the draft uh, it does as you said complicate things there are a couple other dates that were thrown in there people probably don't care about them uh, nearly as much but uh, Ojale and Tice their uh, guarantee dates are now the 21st so what's that uh that's Saturday from yesterday yeah so it's Saturday um Tice is obviously going to get picked up. Ojale is more of a question. Um, so people remember you can't trade. Uh, if you trade non-guaranteed salary, it no longer counts for trade matching. It doesn't count in like the trade machine and things like that. So it's possible that Ojale will get guaranteed and traded as part of something in the next couple of days anyway, or, or get traded as a non-guarantee to a team that uh, has an exception or something like that available. But their, their uh, option pickups are yeah, uh, uh, on this coming Saturday. And Javante Greens is now in late uh, – late February instead of the normal date of uh, January 10, because his guarantee was just the latest possible day. So uh, he gets bumped out into, you know, pretty far out into the year. So there are some other things that, that got moved around due to dates. Uh, but yeah, the, the big one being Hayward and that just complicates things. Uh, or I don't know, like I said, it doesn't really complicate things. It just returns them to way they, to way they were. It's just in this incredibly condensed uh, off season here. It's like, okay, so we can start trading tomorrow the draft is Wednesday. Gordon Hayward's option is Thursday. Free agency opens on Friday. Signings can become official on Sunday. And right, like that's, <laughs> it's just nuts how everything has to happen here. And, and maybe what will, the, the way that that will all play out is that the Celtics are going to look at the roster and say like, we have a pretty settled team. We made it to the conference finals. Maybe it's not worth like throwing that all out to chase something else and, and try to work some crazy stuff here. You know, everybody, comes up with all those right. ideas and maybe they're just going to be like, listen, we got, we got training camp less than a month from now. We, we need to have a team on the floor that, that we think is just ahead of everybody else on continuity and things like that. This might be the year to go for continuity and just sort of this ends up being a quieter week for the Celtics. You never know. It could be, it could do absolutely nuts, but 
there is also something to be said for like when it's like this, let everybody else jump into the the storm and you just sort of um, ride it out and then and then play for continuity. But the good thing is we can have this conversation a week from now and like a ton of questions will be answered. So sure. <laughs> we're, it's not going to take long to figure it out. No. And so, I mean, from just going back to, to I mean, the whole offseason or like the dominoes of the offseason obviously start with Hayward. And I think the biggest thing just now just to point out to to listeners in terms of draft night and him is that any big trade on draft night really isn't going to happen without his cooperation in terms of either signaling, Hey, um, I'll opt in. And, you know, if you are going to move me to somewhere I want to go or, Hey, I'm going to opt out, but I'll pre-agree to uh, sign and trade to team X. Um, or I'll opt in. We'll do it next year. I'm going to waive my trade kicker. Right. They've got all these things. He, he, yeah, it's just the, the starting point of that of like, yeah, if he gets traded on draft night, it means that he agreed to become a part of that trade. Right. If, and if he gets, if the Celtics, you know, trade up, like I said, just take whoever the eighth player on the board is and, um, and it seems all quiet and then he opts in and then a couple of days later he gets traded. It means he wasn't really right. in agreement with it. Um, <laughs> He might still be, you know, teams don't want to trade for guys with one year left that that don't want to go to their teams anyway. But yeah, he is, he's a party to all these conversations. And as it gets more complicated with things like you said, like a sign and trade that brings even further parts of of the conversation in play. So um, part of the challenge is just getting all of that agreed to in such a short period. I mean, there's so much, there's a lot that it's like blatant tampering essentially. If oh yeah, if there's like I mean not that there isn't out there anyway, but like that would be players. yeah but. right. But that's like I I don't think I've ever seen like a pre-authorized draft sign and trade like no <laughs> with, like that that just hasn't happened like that's at least yeah normally you'd have them six weeks in between or whatever. Right. And the whole thing is just gonna be unless it's Keith Bogans unless it's Keith Bogans yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true um I guess we do have one right yeah. No one of his stature. The league is going to have to look the other way on a lot of stuff too, and not that they don't normally, but they're just going to have to let it go. Just be like, okay, we're going to try to hold the reins a little bit, but it's going to be the wild west and a lot of stuff, and they're just not in a position to like crack down on any of it right now. They're just just going to have to let it go. Let's finish it up with Drew Holiday. Um, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer first reported that the Celtics were in the mix for him um, potentially trying to, you know, package their picks to get up to uh, number eight um, or just top 10, I should say, to be the the main trade ship uh, for Holiday in a deal. The money would have to work, obviously. So Hayward, Walker, or Smart, essentially, one of those three guys would have to be included in that type of deal. Not necessarily go to New Orleans, um, but to go somewhere to match the outgoing salary um, with maybe other stuff coming back to New Orleans or uh, the Celtics as well. So this was, I mean, I wrote about this earlier in November, right? Just to like, again, like with Harden, like I feel like any type of player that hits the market right now, the Celtics have to look hard at given where they are to franchise. And, and Holiday does check a lot of boxes in terms of um, a great defender, uh, not going to steal away shots from your main weapons. Um, 30 years old, clearly in win-now mode, so we'll be willing to, I think, sacrifice in a situation like this. On the other hand, do you feel like this is, you know, a move that 
is good enough to put them at a different level of contending or do you, how do you view a, a potential acquisition to him? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I think this goes to some of the things that we've talked about on other pods where it's like, if you're doing this as part of a Gordon Hayward threat move where it's like, okay, we're going to lose Hayward in, in some manner here and we can pivot and get holiday sort of like how Kyrie was going to leave and they were able to pivot and get Kemba. Uh, then obviously that's better than losing, a, you know, losing for nothing or something like right. that. Um, but if it's not, though. but like in a vacuum, is it, a, you know, is it a big step forward? No, not really. And it's going to cost you more than that. So it's, I, I have a very hard time separating this from, from Hayward. Like, I don't think that it's a trade construction that makes, you know, a lot of sense if you're involving smart or if you're involving Kemba, if it's like, yeah, Hayward's going to leave. And again, it goes right back to the stuff we were talking about with Harden, right? Like, oh, okay. So the one that I put out there is sort of a, again, a fanciful and everybody makes their fake trades is some sort of like, if Hayward wants to go to Indiana and agrees to an extended trade, right? Which is hard to do. Extended trades are weird, but it's like, okay, Indiana can take the big salary this year. He adds two more years at, you know, $20 million or whatever. Uh, so they get three years of him and you include something else. Romeo Langford, Indiana kid as well. Went to Indiana. I don't know where he's from. Um, <laughs> went to Indiana. Right. Um, and then it's like, okay, so that gets you again, Miles Turner, but also if you get, maybe the 13th pick from New Orleans. Is that enough to get you TJ Warren and TJ Warren comes to the Celtics and Miles Turner goes to New Orleans and blah, 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 all the way down the line. And Drew Holiday ends up coming to the Celtics for like Miles Turner and the three picks the Celtics have being traded up to eight or nine or something like that. And like, can you put together some sort of bigger picture that involves Hayward? That I think makes sense in the context of like, we're going to lose them anyway. Now you can make the argument that still doesn't make sense because why are you trading for these older players when you should be building around Jason and Jalen and all that? But like, I think that there is an argument, a relatively easy argument to be made that like something along those lines where you're picking up Drew is better than other possible outcomes where it's just sort of Hayward leaving. Uh, He's not, nobody is going to look at this team and be like, oh, the Celtics won the title because they traded for Drew Holiday. No. Or maybe they'll write it because it'll be the move that was made. If the Celtics win the title because Jason Tatum was one of the five best players in the league, that's why teams win the title. But he, you know, you could take, it's good Kemba insurance. Hayward's basically been, yeah, it's that. It's also just like, uh, although Holiday gets injured or misses misses time for a variety of different reasons, not always injured. He does. He's not the most um, And it's like, Gordon's been playing as a as a two guard mostly recently, anyway. You know, some on ball stuff, but like he's not the power forward that he was post injury. He's not been playing like the power player that he was in Utah by any means. To a certain extent, Drew is probably better at guarding up than than Hayward is even being three or four inches shorter. Mm-hmm. So I think you could pretty easily just sort of take one out and put the other one into the team and, and move along relatively seamlessly. But that's really where I come down. And it's like, if you're tying it up with Hayward, then it makes sense. It's like a possible thing that you could do. But if you're telling me like, Oh, we're going to trade Marcus Smart and you know, Grant Williams and Robert Williams and this and mm-hmm. that. And it's like, it, you get to a point where you're like, I don't know if that actually makes any sense financially. It would be difficult, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's an interesting player. And uh, I like him like personally, I, I'm a fan of his game and his, his family and all that are very interesting. Um, but I don't know. Have you come up with anything other than like sort of that Hayward's base stuff that is particularly appealing to you? No. Cause I mean, that's, that's what I wrote about initially. I was like doing it for smart makes no sense because I think I, you know, especially when you factor in, which we haven't really talked about yet, just like the long-term payroll for this team. Yeah. And now the, the slow rise of the cap and the tax, like you You'll be like, some people are like, you know, get Holiday and get Turner. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. 
your team is going to be, you have going to be committing $150 million to six guys for a team that may not even be close to the best in the East for the next two years. Well, and I think that's a good point is that it's not only that it's not going to be 115 million cap this year. If you were planning for it to be 115 this year, 120 something next year, it's going to be 112 next year, right. 112.5. And like, it might be that the cap is 112.5 next year, but that revenues are back to normal. And so there's no return on luxury tax payments, right? Like it's not like this year where they're going to say revenues down 30%. So we can estimate our, our, our luxury tax payments are going to be 30% lower. It might be that next year, the cap is really low for two years, you know, two seasons in. The cap is really low. The tax is really low, but revenues are bouncing back to normal. There's not a payback in the tax. And you're like, Oh God, we have an, we have an $80 million luxury tax bill. And it's because we have Drew Holiday instead of Marcus Smart. Like I a hundred percent agree with that. Like those, and what are you really getting? Like it, Holiday is better than Smart. Yeah. Like, you want that, but it's <laughs> he's, not... he's your fourth option on offense and they're roughly equivalent defensive players. I mean, they're probably the two best guard defenders in, in right. the league, but like, is how much of an you know, upgrade is it as a, as a fourth option on offense and stuff like that? Like, yeah, the financials out. I agree. Yeah. The smart so, construct. Right. Smart's off the table from that standpoint. So it's like, it's like you said, it's Hayward. And then to me though, it's like, if you're giving up Hayward and it gets a little bit complicated in the sense that if he is threatening to leave for nothing, um, you know, getting anything for Hayward is better than him just walking away. But if you're giving up Hayward and, you know, your entire first round pick stash for this year, I want more back than Drew Holiday if I'm Danny Ainge. Like, that's not – you have well, to so that's get... why I said TJ Warren, right? Like, if you're getting right. Drew Holiday and TJ Warren or something along those lines. Or you're getting Reddick or, like, Josh Hart or something else from New yeah, Orleans if they're, they're rerouting stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, not as – I mean, Warren obviously would be much better than any of those guys um, given his contract and just the way he played last season. But, yeah, like, you want to get – Yeah, I think he's an actual asset as opposed right. to, like, Josh Hart's fine, whatever. Um, it's a cheap, it's a cheap, is, a cheap, good option. Yeah. Right? Reddick so. is 36 and has one year left on his, whatever he is. Like Reddick, I don't know if he's an asset really. He's a he fit. He did 45% from three last year, which I didn't realize. I mean, he's, he's terrible. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, he's, he does what he does, but in terms of like asset management, I don't know if that's something that you would want to do in exchange for functionally, like again, the value of a top 10 pick when your two best players are 23 and 22 years old. Right. Like, I don't sure. know if that's the way you want to go. TJ Warren right. isn't a young player. But he at least has another year. He's six eight, like he sort of fits. You know, you're looking. It doesn't have to be him. You're just looking around for like. But I agree. You would need to come up with something else to like roll all of this together and make it work. And that just gets complicated. And so those trades generally don't happen. Right. Um, part of this is also that I don't like Miles Turner, no. and so I'm always trying to find a way to like get Hayward out if you think he has to go out. And that you think he wants to go to Indiana, but not end up with Miles Turner <laughs> because I just personally don't like him. So a lot of it sort of honestly stems from, from that kind of thing. And that's also where you get into the idea of like, oh, an extended trade. Because an extended trade would let him front load a contract, a huge amount that Indiana might be interested in that he could never sign with them in free agency. Like it's a way to sort of guarantee that he ends up where he wants to go and a team that wants him maybe is it like you can sort of put together again all these uh, sort of tricky, fanciful things that they're ultimately too complicated where 99.9% of the time they don't happen. But that's, I think, where the Drew Holiday stuff comes from. It also might be that the Celtics are trying to drum up sort of Drew Holiday talk. You know, you, you beat the bushes and you try to come up with, our, hey, are there ways that we can tag our players into this and become a third team and a fourth sure. team involved in a sign trading? A TPE gets created here and there. Like, you just sort of, sometimes you're just trying to kind of figure out what's happening out there. and Or drive up the price. Well. Like, Dan, yeah. David Griffin and Danny Andrew Boyce, like, from way back. Sure. So, like, that 
there's no question that, you know, doesn't hurt. The Celtics had awesome in LCR. Shenanigans happen. Like, yeah, we got this offer from the Celtics. What are you going to offer us, Nuggets or whoever else? And... Well, particularly if it's the Nets who are involved in that. Because Holiday, that offer that I said isn't anywhere, really should not be good enough to get, you know, to get involved with Harden. Right. Could very well be good enough to get involved with, with Holiday. That's a good point. Again, I'm not a huge Levert fan, but, like, he's he's it's the good, type of player. It's a good value that, deal. Ah, is it? Or it, should, it could be. <laughs> it's but, fine. Um, yeah. But at least you're talking about something that's, like, maybe they're trying to get Levert instead of Dinwiddie, right? Like that type right. of stuff that, that you're trying to, to squeeze out there. Um, and that's a direct competition. So you would obviously have have some incentive to, to play in that game and not just be helping out a buddy, but also being like trying to screw your direct competitor. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, all that stuff is possible. It's And I just want to say for the record, and who knows, I'll me I'd egg on my face when they trade for him. I don't think I would want Miles Turner just like period right now for the three years and 54 million. Nope. Just like, no, no. Like, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to give up anything for that. I, I just don't think the way this roster is constructed in the way the, you know, the cap commitments they already have to, to Kemba, to Tatum, or will be to Tatum, to Brown, um, you know, a smart, if you want to keep him long-term, like Turner is someone that I think is overpaid. And Very simply, Miles Turner made more money or will make more money than Tice, Cantor, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and Vincent Poiré all together made. Right. Together, they made 16-something million dollars last year, right? And, and and Miles Turner makes 18. And, like, there's – you can argue – I've been in arguments all week over who's better, Daniel Tice or Miles Turner. There is no argument that all five of those players together, <laughs> even with even with Vince being a negative and Cantor being at his Cantor, are not better than yeah. Miles Turner. Like the Celtics would not have had the fourth best defense in the league if they were not a good center rotation that you can get all of, all of it for less than Miles Turner. Like that's the whole point of why you shouldn't be spending money on center. And this year they can go out. Yeah, the free would you rather have Miles Turner for eighteen million dollars, or would you rather be buying like Tristan Thompson or Aaron Baines or Harry Giles or? Uh, you know, go down the list of whoever else. I can't even remember all the centers who are going to be out there this year. They're like, some of these guys are going to get the full MLE. Some of them are going to get the taxpayer MLE. One of them probably gets stuck and has taken like the minimum or something. Or like, and there's just no reason. All right, Derek Favors, right? That's one of the other ones. So I always throw yeah. out like, there's no reason to be going out there and chasing a Miles Turner in my mind. And I think just looking long-term too, the center position, the supply is always going to outweigh the demand going forward. So, like, you should be able to fill those spots for cheap money for the long term here. And, yeah, if you find, you know, your center of the future in the draft, it's like, great. Um, but, like, you don't want to – It might be your center of the next four years because you might not want to pay him a restricted free agency even sure. if you find your center of the future unless right. he's really freaking good. And it's – yeah, I don't know. You come back and people are like, why would we need another wing? Like, look at all these wings around the team. We're like, well, you play three wings at a time and one center, so you need three times as many of them. <laughs> And, they're hard and, to your, and your wings get hurt sometimes. And then you have no one else to play when you play the Heat in the playoffs or et cetera. So, like, where the league's going, where what you have in the roster, um, just big picture stuff, like Turner, no thanks. Um, but if any GMs for other teams are listening and we're <laughs> trying to flip Miles Turner to them, <laughs> Miles Turner blocks shots, amazing shot blocker, good three-point shooter, modern NBA. He's a unicorn. The shot block. <laughs> You'd be perfect next to Zion Williamson. Oh, this is obviously boy. what every other GM should be thinking. It, but it will be fascinating to see what, like, if he had big trade values, it would be on the Pacers already. 
Yeah. The Pacers would have already traded him if he was a because they don't want to be right. doing what they're doing either, already, right? Yeah. Exactly. This yeah. is uh, a headache that they created. Um all right, let's let's wrap there. All right, let's wrap a prediction. What's what what's say we're doing on Thursday? In case I we don't talk he before then. Opts in. Yeah, I mean I think he opts in. Um that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's what it, we could just save the five. Like, like, it's a lot of money. Five words. It's a lot of money. Um <laughs> it's a lot of money and you keep hearing these terms like, oh, maybe the Knicks are interested. Maybe, you know, the Hawks. It's like, well, they're not giving them, like, those teams have a lot of other options. And, like, mostly via trade. You know, I guess it gets a little interesting if, like. Trade to Indiana. Right. The money, the home. <laughs> Does Indiana want them? I don't know. Maybe nobody wants them. It's hard to say. Um, but. He's going he's gonna to stay here. Watch him just, he'll be here next year. Yeah, I mean, he might be, and he'll probably go out and have 18-5-5, and five and hopefully he doesn't get hurt, and, you know, you, you see what happens. But um, that's the name of this podcast. It's a lot of money. It's James a lot of Harden, money. it's a lot of money. Russ it's Westbrook, money. it's a lot of money. Gordon Hayward, it's a lot of money. Miles <laughs> Turner, it's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to leave it with that. Um, this has been this a lot of money podcast with Ryan Bernoni. Hit him up at DangerCart on Twitter. Hit us up at WinningPlaysPod. Um, I'll be writing all week long at Boston Sports Journal. Um, so definitely check stuff out there. And I don't know, Ryan, hopefully we'll, we'll be talking again this week. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, if you're yeah, looking for a quick for reaction, sure. if they still do anything big, we'll obviously be there. And then we'll have um, reactions to draft and free agency as well in the, the coming days and weeks. So Thursday morning, we'll have our expert draft analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Guys who, uh, no, we will certainly talk it. Yeah. A couple, at least one more time this week, maybe more. We'll see what happens. See, we'll see how busy the week is. Um, all right. So look forward to that. Buckle in, have a, enjoy the week guys. And um, we will talk to you uh, in a few days. <laughs>